outwardly. And that's, that's when that joy of the Lord is expressed in our words and in our actions. You know, um, some people may not be accustomed to people getting so excited worshiping God, jumping around. And, you know, um, back in the days when I first um, really sacrificed and gave everything I had to God, uh, the ministry that I was in, we had paper towel holders all around the sanctuary. Because when you worship for two hours, you need some paper towel. You need to get that paper towel, get all that liquid off of you. But I tell you what, man, that is the best, that is the greatest feeling. I know we don't live by feelings, but that's things that we feel is, is when, we, when we give our all to the God we serve. We give our all. And you know what? Our all that we give him is just a small part of what he's given us. Really small. And so as we come together collectively and, and we worship him, give him your all. Give him your all, man. Get excited. Get excited. Because he's here to change us into his image and his likeness because that's what he created us. He created us in his image and in his likeness. That's not, my, that's not what I'm going to share today, but God has impressed it on my heart to, to speak about that um, because I don't think we understand uh, what we're doing sometimes. I don't think we understand the importance of, of, of our coming together and worshiping him collectively. You know, when like faith comes together, there's great and mighty things that can be accomplished. Great and mighty. Beyond our thoughts, beyond our imagination. And he's here, and he's here right now. He's here right now. And like I said earlier, I, I know he's He's tugging in a few hearts. He showed me that he's trying to reach out. But you know, God is such a great and awesome God. He will never force you. He will be patient. Not like how we are at times. But with greater patience, he waits for us. With greater patience, he endures us. So he'll be waiting. He'll be waiting. And he said he loves you so much. He loves you so much and he wants to draw near to you. He wants to draw near to you. All right. So I, guess I hope you guys have at least 45 minutes in you. Anyway, God's good, God's good. Anyway, um, you know, I started off 
the other day with, with uh, I, w- I was going to speak on Romans 12. No, that was the other day. And then yesterday, as I was reading the book of Jonah, I said, man, that's a good message. I'm going to give a message on Jonah, on something personal to me. Um, you know, we, uh, we raise our hand and say, use me, God. Use me. Oh, wait, wait, not there. Maybe not there, God. Nah, God, I just want to sit down. See, Jonah was kind of prejudiced in a way. Jonah was prejudiced to the fact that he didn't feel everybody was worthy of God's grace and God's mercy. Nineveh was a town of of, uh, fun. It was a worldly town. And Jonah didn't feel that they were worthy of God's grace and mercy. So he ran from God and, you know, and and how that applies to me is that, you know, years ago, um, there was always a thought in my heart that uh, we should have a bilingual church. And uh, I shared this with Pastor Alex a couple weeks ago that, um, you know, we did start off with a Spanish uh, congregation and I kept going and talking about having English as well. And then we parted ways and I started an English service. And I thought, well, that's it. That's what we're going to do. Because I too was selfish. I too was a Jonah, you know. I figured, well, I only speak English, so why not have just an English service? But you know, God is a very gracious God. And um, somebody came along and said, uh, hey, let's make a Spanish service. And I'm thinking, like, why? You know? And then God took me back. God took me back to some 20 years ago. When that was something on my heart. Sometimes we forget our discussions with God. And you know, I, I, and I thank God for the people or the person that came forward. I don't know if she's here today. Um, uh, to to want to start something. I don't think she's here today. But, uh, but uh, she might be absent. She's always absent. Whenever, whenever we get together, she's always somewhere else. But, uh, but I thank God, you know, because God reminded me of that desire that he placed in my heart, that, that we should always not count nobody out like Jonah did, you know. And, and, and Jonah pouted, and I pouted for a little while. You know, I did. I'm going to be honest. I, I did. I said, Why? Just like Jonah said, why, God, they don't even deserve that. That's not what I was thinking. But nonetheless, it happened. You know, 
And God spoke to me about it. He said, shut up. Shut up. Because that's what you wanted. And I just thank God that he's great. Now on to what I'm going to share. That was my three mess uh, two messages. But uh, now I'm going to give my third one today. And... Uh, I've been listening to a book. It's called um, Extreme Ownership. And it was written by uh, Jocko Will Will Willis. Willis. I don't know if you guys ever heard of him. And Leif uh, Bankin. Uh, these are two... Uh, Two gentlemen that, and I think one was a mixed martial arts guy, the first guy, Jocko. Uh, but anyway, it's a very interesting uh, uh, read. Uh, it's, uh, it's an insight of, of being responsible, uh, being practical, and making things simple for all to understand. Okay, And that's what uh, uh, the book is about, about being a good leader. And uh, that's not what I'm going to talk about, okay? <laughs> but the book is interesting. <laughs> anyway, partly of why, the, the reason why I'm, I'm sharing this is because that, that I kept thinking about that book and, and, you know, how much insight it gave me. Um, but imagine that you get an opportunity to join an elite force in the military to serve your country. You know, uh, those elite forces that, that's in the military constantly, constantly prepare for every situation that they're gonna come against, every situation. You know, and, and, and uh, even for the unforeseen situations they think about, the what-ifs. And, and uh, when, we, when we do that, we preserve life, okay? And, you know, we, we need to understand that, you know, we're in elite force. As, as, as servants of the almighty God, we're an elite force. And we cannot lack preparation. We cannot lack the interests that we have. And we cannot lack the readiness. Okay, We can't lack those things. It's not an option for us. Where lives matter... Warriors is needed. Warriors is needed. See, these elite forces that we, that we have the privilege of having within our different sectors of our military, uh, they are warriors. Because I shared before that a warrior will not wait to act. A warrior will act. A soldier will wait for an order. That's the difference. We have a lot of soldiers in the military, but we have a few warriors. And, and we need to step up. 
We need to step up as, as uh, warriors of God and prepare ourselves. I, I'm going to be, I'm going to be, later on, I'm going to be going into uh, Ephesians. Uh, and then we're going to start what I want to share. But, and as you look back at King David, he used his faith, his obedience, and the weapons of God to defeat his enemies. That's what King David did. Yeah, he wasn't a nice guy. We can go through everything. We can go all through his faults. Just like we can go through each and every one of our faults. You know? But nonetheless, David used his faith, obedience, and weapons. All at his disposal from God to conquer everything. To conquer everything in his life. And he also used truth when he failed. He used truth. And what he did is he admitted that he was wrong and confessed it to God. And that's a weapon. That's a weapon of a warrior to understand that, that we are going to make mistakes. We're going to say the wrong things. We're going to do the wrong things. But as a warrior... You need to admit it. You need to confess it. You know? And then that's all God wants. That's called obedience. Obedience to God is when we realize that we've messed up or somebody points it out that we messed up and we don't point a finger. We don't point a finger. We take that responsibility. All right, there we go. No wonder. I started on the wrong page. Let me, let me go back. Nah, nah, nah. But anyway, so, so like I started out, it, it, imagine you in the elite force. You know, you get elected. You get recruited into that elite force, and, man, your adrenaline's pumping. You're so excited, you know. You're so excited, and, and, your energy is the highest level that it can be. You know, you, you live on high energy. Your enthusiasm is, is above the charts. It, it just went above the charts. And then as time goes on, you begin to realize the long hours and the thankless hours that you have to put in as that elite force. And the demands of your responsibility becomes higher and higher. And as the reason for your responsibilities becoming higher and more uh, would be because then you realize that the people that you started out with is now less. And because now you have less in the least force, you need to do more. You need to pick up the slack. And then when this happens, you start to become overwhelmed. You know, that's just sort of like I walk with 
God. You know, we accept Christ, and we're there in the ring, man. We're there in the ring, ready, ready for any fight that we can come upon, man. In fact, we go looking for some fights, but, you know, you know, but, but, but we got that enthusiasm. We got that zeal, man. We want to go. We want to go. We want to shout on the rooftop. I remember I did. I wanted to shout. In fact, I did a couple times out of my fourth floor window about Christ. Jesus lives. Jesus lives. You need Jesus, you know. And, and, but at that time, you know, instead of pacing myself, instead of pacing myself like I was running a marathon, I was running a marathon at the sprinting speed. And so what happened was I ran out of gas. You see, and just like in the elite sports, if you, if you exercise too much, you get burnt out. And if you are overwhelmed, you get burnt out. And then what started to happen, you know, just like I walk in Christ, you start thinking, do I have what it takes? Do I have what it takes to do what I've been doing? You know? And then you start telling yourselves, I think I have what it takes. I don't think I have what it takes. You know, and then, you know, then we start getting discouraged. You know, but, but in the elite force in our military, we don't have that luxury. They don't have that luxury. They don't have that luxury to think like that. They don't have that luxury to think that, man, I'm overwhelmed. Bullets flying all over your head, uh, grenades coming here and there, uh, tanks shooting at you, uh, handheld rockets is flying all over you. You don't have that time to think about being overwhelmed. Right? Because uh, just like I walk with Christ, right? You know, our finance problems, work problems flying all over us and our kids and everything else just going by and, and you know, you're wondering, what the heck? What do I do now? I don't, I don't think I have it. I don't think I have what it takes. Everything is overwhelming me. But you see, in our walk with Christ, we have something that can bring us back to understand that we're not overwhelmed. We have what it takes. And it's this right here. It's the Bible. This will help us understand that we are never overwhelmed and we'll always have what it takes because we are warriors. We are warriors. You gotta remind yourself on who you are. You know, there's a verse in the Bible that says that, you know, once we move away from the mirror, we forget who, what kind of man we are. You know, and so we, we got to remind ourselves that we are warriors. We are warriors. And if we turn to Ephesians 6, verses 10. 
It says here, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. See, it doesn't say be strong in the Lord and in your own power. It says in the power of his might. Okay, it's God's might that we operate in. It's God's spirit that we operate in. And he said, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil who is our adversary. You know, there's a verse in the Bible that says that do not give the enemy a place. Do not give him a small maybe pinhead size of a space. Don't give them nothing, okay? And it says in verse 12, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, against the powers, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against the spiritual wickedness that is in high places, okay? against spiritual wickedness in high places, okay? Wherefore, take upon you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girded with truth and having the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shrud with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and to take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. So we're going to put on the whole armor of God, right? Put on the whole armor of God, that we may stand. Therefore, we should be walking in truth, having your loins girded about with truth. So we need to start walking in the truth of God. We need to start reading this to understand what is true about us. We need to. It's not an option. Okay, and then it says here, having on the breastplate of righteousness, the breastplate of righteousness, we need to live with a pure heart. We need to walk in the truth. We need to walk with a pureness of heart. It's not an option. It's what God expects of us. Okay, and it says you, sh you should... Your, your feet should be, the preparation, uh, your feet shrouded with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And so we should always walk in peace with men. We should always walk with the peace of men. Not quarreling, not fighting, uh, but, but try to find that common ground that we can walk in peace. Above all, the shield of faith wherewith you will knock all that fiery dots out of the way. Our faith is very important in our walk. 
You know, faith is, is almost like lifting weights. Some, almost like lifting weights. The Word of God says that uh, exercise profit is little. So that's why I don't exercise. I like to follow the Word of God, you know. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, but the Word uh, gives us strength. And so, so we need to build our, our faith. How do we build our faith? Again, we read the Word. Faith cometh by hearing. Hearing, it's not faith cometh by heard. Okay, it says hearing. It's a constant, constant hearing the word. Hearing the word. You know, you know, when I first realized that I needed the word in me, I used to read it out loud so that I can hear it. Because I wanted to continually hear the word. So I kept reading aloud. Every day I'll be reading so I can hear myself. Sometimes when I read in silence, I can't hear myself. Oh, that's a no-brainer, right? Uh, but anyway, so it's, we're going to build our faith. And we build it by reading the Word of God. You know, it's just like lifting that. Because I, I remember I used to lift like 300 pounds. I squatted 300 pounds. And then the alarm went off. But anyway, um, but, but, you know, we, we got we to gotta look at it as that. Is that we're lifting, we, we're building our faith. We build, every day we read the Word. What do you have for me, God, today? Is it just that 400 pounds? That's nothing. See, we got to keep going. Keep going, okay? And then it says, and then take the helmet of salvation, understanding in your mind, making your mind align with the word of God. And that sword of the spirit. The sword of the spirit. Okay? See, the word of God sunders, right? Splits things. Boom. See, and that's how we become warriors. Understanding what Ephesians 10 through 17, even 18, it says praying always. Always in communication. Always in communication with God. It's never an option. It should never be an option for us. Man, should I talk to God today? Yeah, I talked to him yesterday. So today, I'm all good. I'm all good until trials come and then you start scurrying and trying to figure out what do I do next. You see, so we always got to be in communication with God. So that's Ephesians, okay? And, and, and here... This was written by Paul, I think. Not Paul and Mercedes, but the, the other Paul, the Apostle Paul. Okay? But Paul here was, was writing to the church of Ephesus. And, and he wanted to stir their hearts with passion again. You know, turn, you know, and, and, and it's the same church that Christ rebuked, Right? Here Paul is trying to stir their hearts with passion again for, for serving God. Get excited. You know, that's what Paul is saying. Let's get excited about God again. You know, and then in Revelation, Jesus said, man, I know you'd be working hard. You'd be working hard. But guess what? You lost your first love. That's what he said in, about these, this church. You see, and so, who's the church? Anybody know? 
I can't hear. We are the church. So he's saying, I know your hard works. I know all what you do. Why? You lost your first love. See, as at the beginning I talked about being selected to the elect force. Uh, and, uh, you know, we, we got elected to the elite force of Christ. And we start off again. Hip, hip, hooray, hip, hip, hooray, you know. And then things go south. Trials and tribulations come. And that's a surprise, right? Because serving God, I never knew trials and tribulations would come. Right? Who knew that trials and tribulations was going to come? Because I didn't. Anybody here knew? Then you guys are not reading the word. Because Jesus said trials and tribulations shall come. So don't be surprised when it comes. You've got to be prepared when it comes by putting on the whole armor of God, by walking in the truth, meditating on God's word, having a pure heart, knowing who you are, knowing who you are. Okay? So when... when, when when problems arise, don't look at the problem. Well, you're not the problem, but I'm just looking at you. Oh, okay. I'll look this way. When problems arise, when problems arise, look to God. You know, the word of God says that. He said, seek me early. Seek me early. You know, and... and you know, when I first read that, I, I used to wake up early in the morning and try to get up before everybody so I can read the word, you know. And I thought that's what he meant. And he does. Every, every time we wake up, we should be getting into the word. But it also means that when we come upon an issue in our lives, we have two choices. Okay, we can sleep with the frogs overnight like Pharaoh chose, or we can seek God early. Early in the problem. You see, here's the beginning and here's the end. We can, I won't have, a, I'll go over here like this. So we can deal with the problem, 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 deal with the problem. And then we seek God. Halfway through our suffering, we decide, I better go seek God. And then victory. But if we'd have seeked him early on in your problem, boom, victory would have immediately occurred. Because now we'd have activated our faith. We'd have activated our knowledge in God. Okay? So seek him early in every situation. Uh, I gotta, I'm going to end soon here. And I'm going to, I'm going to, um, there's a quote from this general and uh, Boken, Jerry Boken. And he says, the warrior is someone who says, this is what I love. This is what I hold dear. This is my family. This is my country. This is my faith. And this is what 
threatens it. This is the enemy. You will not hurt what I hold dear. You will not hurt what I love. And you're not coming through me. That's a warrior. And this is whatever you're dealing with. This is whatever you're dealing with. And you got to come through me if you're going to try to get what is dear in my heart, what I love, who I love. You know, just like anything else, we all have flaws. But we also have a clause in that Christ paid for it all. Christ paid for all our flaws. Christ paid for all our shortcomings. You know, we cannot, we cannot let that be something so light in our lives that we don't take what Christ did for us seriously. So we are warriors and we need to step up and exercise our right as warriors in God's kingdom. Not allowing anyone, not allowing this to take anything from us. And we got to understand that this is something free. Doesn't cost you nothing but an agreement. An agreement that, yes, God, yes, God, it's, it's, uh, it's time. It's time that I change my life. What I'm doing now, what I'm living now is insan insanity. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I want change in my life, but I'm going about it the same way I did yesterday, the same way I did six months ago, the same way I did a year ago, and I want change, and I want change. You know, I'm going to ask Pastor Alex to get himself down here. Aka Superman, so he'll fly here. Give him a few seconds. Uh, but I, I just want to encourage you guys that these words, these words on these pages, it's not simply just words. It's, it's not simply just words, man. It is, it is life. It's not a storybook. It's a love letter from God to each and every one of us, individually written for us. He wrote a book for Irma, Karina, Karin, Maria. Yeah, you too. And you too, that I just met you. He wrote it for you. Here, he wrote it for you. Hezekiah for you. It's not just simply words. Because he's calling you. 
He's calling you. And I tell you, if you want change in your life, Pastor Alex can extract that. He's a general in the elite force. Okay? And if you guys need change, you can step right up here. He'll put your hands on you. He won't even speak. He won't even speak. He'll just lay hands on you and change will be there. Change will be there. So I encourage whoever wants change or whoever feels the need. Because if you feel, you should be up here. Because it should be by faith and not by feeling. So anybody wants to come up? Get changed. We also have clothes over there. <laughs> but seriously, if you don't want change, it's up to you. You know, uh, I, I keep thinking about the frogs because it was such a hilarious time. Um, when Pharaoh, Pharaoh was asked, when do you want the frogs gone? And he said, tomorrow. You see, we can wait till tomorrow and we can live with our problems for another day. We can live with situations in our lives that can change right now. Or we can be feral and hang around with this slimy frog for another night. It's up to you all, but I'm not going to labor this because I know God's speaking to a couple of you. Because he showed me during worship that, that, that you need change in your life. But it's going to be up to you. See, like I said, God's a gentleman. He'll never impose on you. It's going to be up to you. And it's all I got. I thank you for your time. Thank you for your patience. And uh, we'll move on. <laughs>